This podcast was originally the audio for a work of the same name for the Nearly On Red YouTube channel, found at youtube.com slash c slash nearly on red. Though not intended to be a standalone podcast, viewers frequently consume my videos for their audio content only, so I have duplicated my work in this format to hopefully save people a step. A full list of content and platforms can be found at nearlyonred.com or the short link nearly.red, N-E-A-R-L-Y dot R-E-D. Enjoy! So in our last video about Bunny Girl Senpai, we talked about how the power of honesty and why it makes Sakata a mismatch for someone like Maesawa. We also said that we might be setting up another time loop in which Tomoe doesn't try to avoid being asked out, but tries to be asked out. That is essentially what this sixth episode boiled down to, her once again causing a loop because she didn't get the outcome she wanted. However, the way she goes about it is dishonest. She is hoping by sheer weight of repetition that Sakata's heart might change toward her, because from her side, the repetition and increased time she spends with him is causing her own heart to do just that. She feels she can't be honest about this intent, though, and so pretends that she doesn't realize that time is looping. Of course, honesty is an ongoing problem for her. This entire crisis began because she was afraid of honesty in dealing with Maisawa and the fallout of being honest around Rina and her other friends. Those friends themselves do not seem to value someone's true self, worrying and fussing and judging over surface-level details. They are just the kinds of friends she won for herself when she transformed the person she is in order to fit into the new school. That, of course, was just another bit of dishonesty. She isn't truthful about where she came from or what happened in her past. She was happy to lie to them about having a boyfriend in middle school, and happy to let the lie of her and Sakata persist in order to keep peace. As we've seen all along, though, she constantly worries over her place in her friend group, even coming to school when ill for fear of finding herself on the outside looking in. She juggles all of this falsehood up in the air to keep her friends. And yet, when another falsehood comes around in the form of the rumors, they seem to abandon her anyway. She is depending on lies to prop up her place in class and make peace with the atmosphere, yet lies can also be used against her. What to do with such a treacherous tool? The answer is right there in Sakata, as we went over at length last time. Because he gave up on caring about outside opinion, he isn't compelled to lie or prop up a false image of himself. Because of that, he is free to be honest with his words and beliefs, to the point that this unabashed honesty begins to define him. He is basically kryptonite for people who will lie to preserve their image, as Maisawa found out on the train platform. How thoroughly Sakata came out on top of that encounter is plain at the beginning of this episode, when they chance upon each other before boarding. Maisawa is immediately angry and ready for confrontation, but Sakata says nothing and just casually boards the train, letting Maisawa know that he isn't worth more than a fleeting bit of attention. And Maisawa just takes it and retreats to the opposite end of the car from Sakata. Sakata's genuine sense of self likewise erodes Tomoe's confidence in her manufactured self. Like I said last time, 
she constantly slips back into her real accent around him and slowly tells him true things about herself that conflict with the false image that she props up. Over time, this leads to the lie about wanting to be with Sakata becoming the truth about wanting to be with Sakata. Just as Mai feared, their pretend dating has morphed into something more serious, but only for Tomoe. Despite the lying though, she's not a bad girl. She doesn't actually try to sabotage things between Sakata and Mai, though she increasingly brings the topic up on their last few days together. I think this is her way of trying to feel out if Sakata really is still smitten with Mai, and even a little bit of doubt begins to look like hope to her. In spite of this, she only ever suggests that Sakata would not be good enough for Mai, never the other way around. There is some turmoil for her, as she realizes she wants to be with him, but knows he doesn't feel the same. She can repeat it and try again, but she knows that doing that is keeping him from Mai. However, she can't be sure that he's noticed how she feels, and so she plays dumb about the time loop and hopes that somehow that last Friday ends without them agreeing to split up. She doesn't know how to move forward or be honest, and so they are trapped unless something diverges. Futaba suggests that Tomoe is lying, and considering everything else she's lied about, this isn't exactly a stretch. Credit Sakata for giving her ample opportunity to come clean, as he repeats the day twice more before altering its path. Even then, it's only when she steals a glance backward during the closing ceremony that he's certain that she's lying. She hadn't done so in the original loop, and we saw before that only people aware of the time loop are able to alter their behavior. This is the proof that she knows what's going on. Sakata indicates that he knows she knows that they're repeating, and she doesn't protest. Sakata doesn't just end the day there, though. He instead continues to let them have a last date of a different sort, something completely unnecessary, but also completely decent of him. But he doesn't only humor her. When he has them fill out the relationship charms, it makes her very uncomfortable. This lie is too near to what she actually hopes for, and it is also Sakata telling what she sees as a bold lie, at odds with his normal fearless honesty. It serves no purpose in their charade, so why would he do such a thing? This puts Tomoe out of sorts, and Sakata uses this opportunity to let her know that he realizes that she has feelings. Even still, he gives her the chance to be honest. And what she tries to say is all the reasons she doesn't love him. Not directly, mind, but all the reasons why she shouldn't be causing the repeat. That she is already looking forward to them being friends, and she wants to cheer him on with Mai, and look back on this pretend dating like a fun adventure. And most of all, she wants to put these feelings behind her, to forget that she ever felt this way. Yet, every morning, the feelings get stronger instead. She knows she can't feel this way toward a friend, or toward someone so obviously in love with another. She says that this can't really be her, or that it's Sakata's fault for being so nice to her, or that all she wants to do is hurry up and be friends and have fun. And while I'm sure this is how she wants to feel, it's not how she actually feels. It's just one more instance of the problem she has had from the beginning. She is afraid of the consequences of honesty, even if that honesty is to herself. 
And so Sakuta's great gift to her here, and proof that he is a true friend, is that he won't let her turn away from the truth. He shoots down her justifications for continuing the charade until finally she comes clean with how she feels and all the emotion that she has kept bottled inside. Thus, when morning comes, they do not go on to the next day, but rewind all the way back to the first lie, when she couldn't be straight with Maesawa. That was the original reality she was avoiding because facing it would tear down the other lies she maintained about herself and her friends and what mattered to her. This time, she is not only honest in turning him down, she is able to admit that she has feelings for someone else. She isn't running from them or denying them. What's more, she no longer thinks that these feelings will prevent her and Sakata from being friends. She knows that the encounter will wreck things between her and Rina's circle, but she also knows that Sakata means it when he says he'll be her friend no matter what. As she said last time, she has started to understand what he meant when he says that he can tolerate the whole world hating him so long as he has one person that needs him. To put that another way, a single genuine relationship is worth more than the acceptance of the whole world. Sakata accepting her for who she is, in fact, insisting on her being who she truly is, becomes something she realizes is more valuable than the facade of friendship that she must constantly maintain with Rina and the rest. As we will see later, this does seem to come between her and that group, but this doesn't mean she ends up with no friends, as it seems she joins a different circle, one containing the girl, uh, Yoniyama, who she helped find the lost phone strap on the beach. Being true to herself does not lead to disaster after all. For Sakata's part, the success of pushing Tomoe to be honest perhaps inspires him to try the same thing with Mai. After all, she is pretty reluctant to be forthright, even though I'm sure that's some of her charm. He gets another chance to initiate their dating, and rather than stop at getting Mai to admit that she will go out with him, he presses the matter, hoping to get her to confess her own feelings in the same way that Tomoe did. It doesn't go the way he planned, but I wouldn't say it goes badly. Outside of this, it seems a lot of things went the same as the first loop through the following days. Tomoe and Sakoto really do seem to become friends and co-workers. Since Mai didn't have the excuse of being jealous of the attention paid to Tomoe this time around, I think we can gather that she didn't need all that much prompting to get back into the bunny suit. Well, I guess it is meaningful to the two of them. Anyway, the last thing to mention in brief is our final scene, when Sakata happens across Shoko Makinohara. If you've forgotten, this is the girl that he met before high school, back when he and Kaede were struggling with her adolescent syndrome. She is the girl he says saved him, and that he was totally in love with. In fact, she was the one who explained the spelling of her name by using the rest area gag, something he has been using himself even in this moment when he meets her. But this isn't really the same girl. Or rather, she's not the age that she should be. She should be two years older than Sakata, and yet she looks younger. Younger than the memory he had of her before, and younger than they are now. In fact, this is probably a middle school uniform she is wearing, and it's pretty close to the uniform we once saw Kaede wear. It appears we are not quite finished with timeline shenanigans, though we'll find out more next time about exactly what's going on. 
It definitely explains why no one at his high school had ever heard of the girl, though. She doesn't even go here. I said before that I kind of assumed Shoko would be the final boss of the series, last as she was first, so I was pretty caught off guard to have her show up. I know I said I'd stop drawing parallels to Motogatari series, um, but I did already suggest a parallel between Shoko and Hanikawa, and sure enough, the central prop in their encounter is a cat. A white cat, no less. But a living one, at least. It seems it was Schrodinger's cat all along, and when they opened the box in the Monogatari universe, the cat was dead, while in this universe, the cat was alive. Anyway, maybe this next arc won't be Shoko's arc exactly. The similar middle school uniform makes me think we might instead start to work on Kaede and her situation, as that would also build off of Mai bringing her the dress and befriending her. Regardless though, it's becoming increasingly clear that Sakota is somehow a nexus point for a lot of adolescent syndrome phenomena, and I'm pretty curious to find out why. Title music by Russell J. Crowe, other music licensed from the artists at Audio Jungle. Script, performance, and editing by Theta. Theta is played by Redacted. Original video can be found at youtube.com slash C slash Nearly on Red. And a full list of credits is available at nearlyonred.com. Until next time, thanks for everything.